Hey guys, it's Dr. Clark here with another podcast, and this week all we're going to be talking about is nutrition. Now last week we were able to look over the overview of what the whole plan is that I help people with, whether it be weight loss or uh, disease control, and that was the whole overview, which is great to see. But today we'll just be talking about nutrition. I will do my best to not mention fasting or chiropractic care in this podcast, and we'll just be talking about the nutrition. Now, before we get going here, I do want to say thanks to everyone who's reached out to me that said, hey, I, I saw your podcast or had questions. The questions are fantastic. Uh, we'll be answering a few questions at the end of this podcast. Um, so if you ask me a question, go ahead and listen towards the end. You'll you'll hear your questions. If I don't answer it enough for you or if you still have questions, again, just reach out the same way you did, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can with a better answer for you. Um it just it seems like a lot of you guys are really taking this and running with it, which is awesome. That was my goal from the beginning, and I hope that more and more people will be listening to these in the future, and they'll also get inspired and do the same sort of thing. So let's go ahead and just jump into this, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some nutrition. Before we get too far into the, the nutrition, what we should be eating, I want to talk about why somebody might decide to do this to themselves. Why would they want to do a plan that might be difficult? You're not allowed certain foods. You're, you're going to have to tell your family you can't eat this and that or whatever. Why would somebody want to do this? Now, some people are motivated by weight loss. And if that's you, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, some, some people need something more than that, though. Um, people have tried to lose weight before, and yeah, it's great to lose 10 pounds, but the cheeseburger is really good, so uh, they fall off the wagon pretty quick. Some people, it's diseases that's going to make them decide to live a healthier life. It doesn't take much more than a, well, like a recent heart attack or a diagnosis of something severe like Alzheimer's or cancer or something like that before you're going to start thinking about how you can live a healthier life to prevent as much as you can. And it doesn't even have to be you that had this diagnosis. It could be your significant other or family member. That's what pushes you in this direction. So I'm going to read a list here. Um, and this plan is not limited to this list, but everything in this list can absolutely be helped with a diet such as this. So things like diabetes, heart disease, Dementia, Alzheimer's, brain fog, obesity, multiple sclerosis, high blood pressure, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune diseases in general. I just listed a few, but in general, autoimmune disease can be helped. Anxiety and depression, big things in our country right now, can absolutely be helped with a plant-based diet. Certain cancers can be reversed with a plant-based diet. And then what I call the high-risk categories, the high-risk of stroke, the high-risk of cancer, the high-risk of heart disease. If you have somebody in your family, whether it be a mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, cousin, that have had something like a stroke, cancer diagnosis, heart disease, that's when it's time for you to start thinking about how you can prevent as much of the disease progression as possible in yourself. That's when it's time to, to take a step and start moving in a healthier direction. 
So that's just a little list of, of reasons why somebody might jump into this and how if you know somebody who has anything like this, share this podcast with them. Have them send me a message. Have them talk to their probably a chiropractor because honestly medical doctors aren't trained in nutrition uh, they're just gonna throw a different pill at it have them talk to a nutritionist or somebody to see if that could help them in their their progress so let's talk about it then what is a diet a diet is everything you eat and it's anything with calories that you drink it is not just a set period of time, a one-month period of time, a one-week period of time that you're going to eat super healthy. It is your lifestyle. It is the what hopefully is going to be the rest of your life. You shouldn't vary your lifestyle month to month. It should be maybe seasonal, you know, things like pumpkin come in in the fall and things like that. And corn is very readily available in the in the summertime, but your lifestyle should not vary based off of fad diets and things like that. So what is the proper diet then? Well, before we start talking about what the proper diet for a human is, I want to talk about what some animals diets are and specifically in captivity, what they are. The reason being is because in captivity, an animal is strictly uh, depending on a human to bring it whatever food it needs to survive. If the human is wrong and gives it the wrong thing, well, all of a sudden that animal's not going to survive. And that zoo or whatever it might be is not going to do that well because the animals won't make it. So let's jump into this. Let's talk about some animals here. Let's start with the lion diet. So a lion eats exclusively meat only very trace plant material. If you give a lion in captivity nothing but lettuce, that lion will not survive. It needs meat to survive. That's how a lion diet works. How about the elephant diet? Now, the elephant diet is mostly leaves, grass, small plants, bushes, fruits, twigs, but everything is exclusively plants. If you bring a big juicy steak to an elephant, it's not going to eat it. It doesn't eat meat. It eats only plants. And not to mention, it is an impressive, large creature. The biggest land animal on the earth is an elephant, and it is powered completely by plants. Now we're going to get to something a little bit more interesting, and that's a chimpanzee diet. Now, a chimpanzee is an omnivore, which means it eats both uh, plants and meat. And so the main diet of a chimpanzee is fruits, nuts, seeds, grasses, leaves, berries, twigs, and meat. Now, meat is extremely rare in a chimpanzee diet. It's about 3% of their diet. Now, why is this interesting? It's interesting because humans are also omnivores. Our DNA is extremely similar to a chimpanzee. I'm not saying we evolved from monkeys or anything like that, but we have to look at our DNA and our makeup. We're not like a cow where we have multiple chambered stomachs. We are more like a chimpanzee with one stomach. So it's something that when we look at how a chimpanzee diet is, our diet is going to look very similar to that. Now, when we're talking about what is the human diet, we have seen fads that have 
binges everywhere. Low-protein diets, meat-only diets, low-carbohydrate diets, plant-only diets, high-carbohydrates-only diets, high-fat-food-only diets, high-protein-only, raw-food-only. You know, the list goes on and on, and no bigger than low-fat diet, low-fat but none of these are true. None of these are the human diet. Our gut is ancient. Your gut is everything from your mouth to your rear end. Now, only recently in the last 100 years have we been introduced to processed foods that have been designed by scientists, sugars at the level that we have never seen in the amount of meat that we consume. Our gut is still functioning as it was designed two thousands of years ago. But it's not eating the same thing that we ate thousands of years ago. If we want to optimize our health, we need to go back to that proper diet that that is what our gut is looking for. If we keep throwing in things that are man-made, we're just confusing it and problems are bound to happen. Now here is what it absolutely is not. The human diet is absolutely not processed foods. Now, processed foods, that's everything from that frozen meal you get it from the freezer, pop it in the microwave, uh, to fast food, and that's a big one. Fast food is processed food, and that is not the human diet. High fructose corn syrup, that is another thing. It is not high fructose corn syrup, but that comes in all of our sodas and our baked goods and all of our sugary desserts, and it is not part of the human diet. Artificial sweeteners, just as much as high fructose corn syrup, if not more, artificial sweeteners are not a part of the human diet. They are full of cancer starters and diabetes starters that can get in and disrupt everything in our bodies and cause tons of problems. Artificial sweeteners are for sure not allowed in the human diet. And the last one here, dairy products. Dairy products are 100% not for humans. They're, let's talk about dairy. So dairy products are great if you are a baby cow. And why is it good for a baby cow? So it's the perfect blend of fat and protein to take a baby cow and to blow it up into a big cow in as little time as possible. And why does a cow want to do that? Well, it's easy to be preyed on when you are a little cow. But if you're a big cow, it's a lot harder to be preyed on by a predator. So that's awesome. As you're as a cow, you want to blow up as quick as you can. You want to be as big as you can, as quick as you can. But if we take that same liquid and we put it into our cheese and our ice cream and our milk and we ingest that, we cannot be disappointed then when we ourselves blow up in mostly in the form of a waistline. Uh, we're blowing out because we're taking in that same thing that that cow is trying to, to make itself get really big. So that is why dairy products are just not allowed on the diet. They're not allowed in the human diet. Now, we've talked a lot about fast food. Why is it so bad? Well, fast food, the the companies that run fast food are geniuses. They use a combination of hyper-sweet versus hyper-salty. Sugar has been proven to be extremely addictive, and we know that the food companies know that. They've said they know that. 
And that's why they put sugar into almost every product they offer. Now, sugar lights up the exact same receptors that cocaine can light up from a cocaine addict. Now, sugar is not cocaine, but it's still that same addictive trait that's in both. There is little to no fiber content in fast food. Now, fiber is what makes you feel full. So since there's no fiber content, this keeps you from getting full and allows you to eat more in one sitting. So instead of being, you know, eating whatever it is and you're getting full, you need to eat maybe a little bit extra, you know, and which means you have to buy a little bit of extra. extra. And then there's little to no vitamins or minerals inside of fast food. This keeps your body into a like a starvation mode because you have not received any nutrients from that food that you just ate. You are literally starving for nutrients, but yet your stomach's starting to say, well, but I'm full. So, I mean, I ate something, but you're just, you're not getting any actual nutrition for your body. And... This is a $200 billion a year industry, and it's growing. The United States is absolutely run by fast food. Uh, you can, it doesn't take long. Even small towns have strips of fast food. So it's one of those things. It's in your face. The advertising is there all the time. It's easy to fall into their trap. But fast food is not a part of the human diet. It eat it only on like you have no other food available to you then fine eat your fast food but find fiber in it you know if you're going to taco bell bean burritos things like that they have fiber in them Um, we'll talk more about fiber in a little bit but if you're going to eat fast food it needs to be a last case scenario all right so a few other big no's things that you just cannot have on the human diet As of 2015, processed meat of any animal is now considered a group 1 carcinogen, which is the same classification as cigarettes. So processed meats have to go out. They are not, they are not, it's cancer causing. You cannot have that in your body. Microwave popcorn. Most name brand and off brand name contain chemicals known to cause lung diseases and cancer. So microwave popcorn is a no. Now you can buy little bags to do microwave popcorn on yourself um, but popcorn is easy to make on the stove so I'll there I already have a video on my Facebook page but I'll post it again um, on Dr. Brett Clark's alternative way and I'll show you my popcorn recipe it's super easy if popcorn's your thing it just can't be microwave popcorn and then artificial sweeteners so studies showed that artificial sweeteners increase insulin production now they Basically, in short, they can cause diabetes. They, you're putting something sweet into your body. It's producing insulin, but yet there's no sugar to put that insulin to work because that's what insulin does. It takes sugar uh, and, and stores it or uses it, whatever it needs to do. But if you're producing insulin and there is no sugar, your body becomes uh, insulin resistant. That's what diabetes is. So literally, artificial sweeteners cause diabetes. It's A equals B. That's just how it works. Don't have them in your diet. Margarine. Margarine is a trans fat created by chemicals with absolutely no real ingredients in it. Margarine is disgusting looking before they start to add artificial dyes into it. Margarine is not allowed in the human diet. Uh, Neither is dairy products, remember. So butter's not either. Uh, If you need a cooking oil, 
coconut oil is a much better option. Um, don't let the American Heart Association recent, well, I guess that was about a year ago, said that coconut oil is bad for bad for you. Um, it's much, much better than the alternative, which is butter or margarine. Um, but still, added oils should be kept to a minimum. The last thing, the other big no, is juicing. So juicing and juices remove all the good fiber from the food that you're trying to eat. Uh, so if you take a bushel of apples and you juice them into just the juice, all you're left with is is, is the sugar from that fruit. You need that fiber to help process that sugar. And we'll talk about that again. It's coming. Uh, just a, f a few more minutes here. But you need to have that fiber with the sugar. So don't juice. Instead, you can blend up a smoothie. So keep the whole thing. Keep the skin on. Keep the, the flesh in there. And, and go ahead and stick that in a blender with, uh, you know, some berries and, uh, like I said, so some apples, some berries, maybe some almond milk, and blend that up and have a smoothie. That's great. But juicing, uh, it's it gives you nutrition. It gives you the nutrients. But it doesn't give you the fiber, so it's not processed very well in the body. So here it is. This is it. This is what you've been listening for for about 17 minutes here now. What is the human diet? It is a plant-strong diet. Plant-strong does not say vegan. That does not, that does not mean vegan. But it also doesn't say the lion diet like the carnivore diet. So the human diet is plant strong. It is fruits, vegetables, the tubers, which are your potatoes, um, nuts, grains, seeds, and legumes. That is the bulk of the human diet. Clean water, unsweetened teas, and black coffee. Those are allowed on the, on the plant strong diet. Now, I do want to talk about coffee just for a second. Last podcast, I mentioned that you should not have coffee with nut milk before it's time to fast. I know I wasn't going to talk about fasting. Once you break your fast, you're a, you can totally put nut milk into your coffees. That is totally fine. I was just making the point that you did not want to accidentally break your fast early by putting nut milk into your coffee. Okay, enough about fasting. Back to the plant-strong diet, the human diet. We are omnivores, just like that chimpanzee in the slides before. So we are requiring small amounts of meat. Now, as a country, we get way too much meat. Way, way, way too much. Until the 1900s, it was absolutely impossible to have this much meat per person. Uh, the meat packing plants, especially up in Chicago, took off, and that's, that's where a lot of that started to come from. And like that chimpanzee, we should only get around 3 to 5% of our diet as meat. So we're slightly above what a chimpanzee gets, uh, but only slight, which comes to about 2 to 3 meat meals per week. Meat meals is something that I'll, I say quite often. So meat meals is a meal that incorporates an animal protein. A meat meal could be anything from a steak, and it should be proportional. You shouldn't have a, you know, I only get two to three meals per week, so I'm going to eat this massive steak. It should still be relatively, a piece of meat should be about the size of the palm of your hand. Um, so the bigger your hand is, the bigger your portion is. You know, it, it shouldn't be... You shouldn't be blowing that out of perspective just because you only get a little bit. Um, add fruits and vegetables to it. That's how you, you get your meal. 
Um, but it should be about that two to three meals per week. It could also be, sorry, this is where I was going with that. It could also be any other animal proteins, including eggs uh, from chickens or whatever bird you want to eat. Um, it could be the dairy products. That is an animal protein. So if you decide you're going to have ice cream, well, you're using one of your meat meals for that week. And that's fine to just be done with it then. Uh, and you only get one more or two more for the rest of the week. And then it could be any other animal protein out there at all. So um, if you're putting animal protein into you, you get that two to three meals per week. Now, this is actually something I had a question on, and we're not to questions yet, but this is just coming up right now. Breads and pasta. Is it okay to have breads and pasta? What bread and pasta should I eat? What What is what is the best way to, to go about bread and pasta? Small amounts of bread and pasta are okay to have, and they can offer a really good source of fiber, including soluble fiber, which our gut bacteria just loves. That's good stuff. But it is processed food, especially pasta. It's very processed. So we want to keep it to about two to three times per week at max. Uh, you definitely don't need this in every meal. You don't need a piece of bread in every meal, anything like that. Um, keep it whole grain, you know, keep the pasta whole grain, keep the bread extremely whole grain. You want to see nuts and seeds all through that bread. You, you want to make sure that this thing that you're putting in your body has tons of fiber to it. And on fiber, you want to keep it at a two to one fiber to sugar ratio. You want two grams of fiber to one gram of sugar. Now, speaking of that, that is why I keep alluding to that we're going to talk about fiber more. The fiber to sugar ratio is everything. And what that entails is looking at nutrition labels, okay? So you're going to be looking at the labels and you want to go down to total carbohydrates and it's going to start talking about fiber and sugar. You want to see at least double the amount of fiber to the amount of sugar. And why is that important? Why do you need double fiber to sugar? The way our body breaks down sugar is with the liver. So when we ingest, say we take in something like soda, which is pure sugar with no fiber whatsoever. So that goes into our body, it goes in the stomach, and it goes directly in the liver, and the liver starts to freak out. There is so much sugar coming at it at one time, it has no choice but to push that sugar into fat cells. It has no choice. That's the only, it's its defense mechanism, right? So it is designed to, instead of processing and using it for energy right now, it's going to push it into fat cells. Likewise, if we put fiber into our bodies first or with, say we eat an apple, an apple does have sugar in it, but it has a lot of fiber in it too. That fiber acts as an actual physical barrier on the way down the stomach, on the way through the intestines and into the liver, which actually stops that absorption of the sugar and pushing it into fat. So that is how we get around the, the body just throwing things straight into fat, so throwing that sugar straight into fat. The more fiber we have, the more we can process the sugar. So fiber is really important, and I don't want you to be worrying about protein consumption. A lot of people are worried about protein. Worry about finding fiber instead. We have been told repeatedly how important protein is to our well-being. The fact is, is we only need about 10 to 15% of protein in our total diet. That is the perfect amount of protein for us. And with a whole foods plant-based diet, most people are getting around 15% just like that. 
the standard American diet people, so that's the sad diet. That is the normal American, the, the person who goes through drive throughs uh, multiple times per week to get whatever lunch, dinner, whatever it might be. The standard American diet, people get around 40% protein. That is just way, way too much. And that's what leads to the disease, to obesity, and poor nutrition. But protein is really, really easy to market. And that's what is misleading. You'll see like a granola bar that's got a, a sticker slapped on it that says 10 grams of protein. But what they don't tell you is there's 14 grams of sugar to that 10 grams of protein. And there's only like two grams of fiber. So you've got to beware, be aware of marketing. Now, you're going to be full. On a diet like this, you have no choice but to be full. Plants are not calorie dense. It takes many, many more plants to reach that same number of calories as it does for like an oily substance. Let's just say for a second you had 400 calories of straight butter. That'd be gross, right? Nobody would do that. But it would hardly even fill your stomach. It would be sitting, maybe maybe it'd fill a tenth of your stomach. Well, let's switch that to like fried chicken. So, or even just, honestly, there's not a huge difference between fried and baked chicken. So say it's baked chicken. That might fill, 400 calories might fill a third of your stomach. So you're getting a little bit more full for the same calories. 400 calories of fruits and vegetables would literally fill your entire stomach. So calorie, being so calorie-less, non-dense, you're going to fill up your stomach so much more than if you're eating meats and, and processed foods. And therefore, so if you're eating the right foods, which is plants, the plant-strong diet, there is no counting calories. There is no points you have to worry about. There is no counting of anything you literally just eat when you're hungry because you're going to eat the right foods you stop when you're full and you eat when you're hungry again and that's just that's the beauty of it your body wants to eat when it's hungry so feed it but feed it the right things and you can eat as much as you want you can eat until you're full that is how you're supposed to eat i mean can you imagine taking an animal who's starving and putting Say, so let's talk, let's just say a dog. Somebody rescued a dog and it's starving, and you put a bowl down with a big bowl of food and it's eating, it's eating, and then all of a sudden you just tell it to stop. Like, step away, step away from that. It's not going to. It's going to eat all that food because if you're an animal, you're trying to survive and you need food. Our bodies are made the same way. We should be able to eat until we're full. So, that is how you're going to do that. Uh, if you eat the right foods, you can eat until you're full. Whew. That is the food portion of this, guys, which is awesome. We got through the food, plant-strong diet. It's everything. It can change your life, which is awesome. But we're not done yet because our diet includes what we drink as well. So we're going to be talking about water next. Now, water. Every animal besides a human will drink only water as an adult of that animal. Now, humans, on the other hand, we start to drink things like coffee, and we drink things like juices and alcohol and milk of other animals for some reason. So, we're a little strange in that, and we kind of suffer from that, too. 
for pe- everyone should be properly hydrated. That that is a a big big thing, and you need to get as much water in your system as you can every day to stay hydrated. So you need half of your body weight in water in ounces every day. So basically, you're going to take your body weight, whatever it might be, divide that by two. And your goal should be to get this amount of water in ounces per every day. An example is a 140-pound person would need about 70 ounces of water per day. Now, if you are somebody who partakes in caffeinated beverages, let's say coffee, let's say teas, things like that, I need you to drink half your body weight in ounces of water per day plus whatever the amount of volume of that coffee cup or the tea, also add that in water every day. It gets to the point where your your body, once it's properly hydrated, it's going to want to stay hydrated. It just it feels better when it's hydrated. So we need to make sure we're getting proper hydration. Not to mention, it is the most common causes of headaches. So if you're somebody who suffers from a lot of headaches, stay hydrated. That's going to help you a lot. So as we're wrapping this up here, guys, the last thing I want to talk about is reducing processed and faked foods. And we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but marketing tactics like low-fat, healthy, reduced calories, pictures of skinny people, anything that makes you want to purchase a product, don't buy that product. That is not the proper, that's not what you should be looking for. You should be wanting to eat real foods, mostly from the produce section of the grocery store too. So stick to the produce section where there is no marketing. There's no like, look at this sexy carrot. Like that's not a thing. Like stay with the real food and that's going to do you so, so well. All right, guys, so we made it through. That was the nutrition part of my plan. And next time, we're going to be talking about fasting. But before we go, I'm going to answer some questions here. I'm going to take a little break, so I'll be right back. All right, guys, so it's time for a few questions to be answered here. And uh, we'll just jump into it. Uh, I'm not going to say anybody's name who asked these questions. But again, if you hear your question and I didn't answer it good enough, reach out to me and just let me know and I'll either put it in the next podcast or I'll just answer to you directly. Um, because I'm sure if you're asking the question, other people are thinking the same thing. And so I do appreciate the questions. So somebody asked me cost effectiveness. Um, they said that eating, uh, organic foods, uh, you know, especially, especially organic foods can be expensive. Um, how do we balance, you know, cost versus um, you can go through a drive-through for five bucks and and get food. And so I do realize there is a cost eating right, um, but I think in the long term you're going to save. Well, you're for sure in the long term going to save money, but even in the short term, I think you're going to save money because you can go get plants for a much cheaper price than you can meat. So since we're eating a lot less meat you're gonna be able to get a lot more bang for your buck in the plant department. For instance, I got a whole sack of potatoes the other day for, it was like five pounds of potatoes for $2. So you can get deals like that, and those were not organic, but that's okay. Eat organic as much as you can, um, 
And then if you find good deals, you can use conventional potatoes or something like that. Uh, potatoes are one of the dirty dozen that you don't want to really eat conventional, but um, I still think it's better than eating fast food. So that was a good question. Uh, and not to mention, uh, so since we are eating more plants, it's really it's better for the environment too. So if you're one of those people who's worried about global warming, things like that, a good way to... Uh, help the environment is to eat more plants. Um, big methane producers are the cattle industry, and uh, if we can make that less, then we'll have less greenhouse gases, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, good question, good question. So, next one here. <laughs> supplements, that was a good question. So somebody asked me about supplements. Um, if you're eating this diet, like I've just talked about, a plant-strong diet where you're eating meat two to three times a week, uh, you're drinking plenty of water, and you're getting full off of fruits and vegetables, there is absolutely no need for you to have a supplement, a daily supplement, like a, a, a nutritional supplement. There are some cases, certain diseases you might be experiencing or dealing with that you might need specific things for those needs, and we can talk about that Um but 99% of the time, supplements are not needed, uh, which is good. Some people spend quite a bit of money on supplements, and that's just not necessary. So supplements, I think, are uh, honestly, I think they're mostly a gimmick. Uh, they're not even that effective at absorbing into our body. Um, they're not controlled by the FDA, which means you can pretty much put anything in a little pill and have you say whatever it might be. Um, not saying all companies do that, uh, but supplements just overall are not necessary. You don't need supplements. Just eat right. Good question. So uh, I did have another person ask me more about eggs. So eggs count as an animal protein. Yes, they do. Um, what about egg whites? Um, egg whites are still animal protein. It's still, I mean, shoot, an egg is just a baby chicken. So if chicken is a animal protein, then for sure an egg is animal protein. Uh, it's the same compounds, it's the same chemicals that make up that chicken, that make up the egg. Um, so yes, egg whites count as well. Um, I don't like egg whites either. So yes, uh, I don't think that that helps you any. If you're going to eat eggs as your meat meal for the week and you're going to stick to the two to three times, go ahead and have the yolk too and make it taste good so that you're at least satisfied like you got something um, because you won't have as much meat in the near future. The pastas and breads, yes, so we got, uh, I got that question about uh, pastas and breads, which is, we answered it in the podcast, and um, as long as you keep it minimal and you keep it whole grain um, and you pile the pasta and the bread high with plants put make it so that you have to dig through like a a bunch of uh, carrots and uh, tomatoes and uh, peas and, and broccoli and onions before you can even get down to the pasta and then you know you're gonna do just fine that'll be good uh, pastas and breads that was a good question too that was a good question too Last question I had here. I mean, I had a lot of questions here, guys. That, that was awesome. Um, and we're getting more and more listens on the podcast, too, which is just, just great. Thank you guys for that. It's so awesome. Um, the last question here is that uh, good sugar versus bad sugars. So somebody was asking me about, like, how 
um, an apple has sugar in it. So is it okay to have sugar like that, but just not processed sugar? And we talked about it a little bit with how the liver breaks down sugar. So when the liver is bombarded with uh, bad sugars, the reason it's bad sugar is because there's no fiber to go with it. We were given the antidote with the poison, right? So we were given an apple in its entirety. We didn't just one day walk upon a, a bottle of apple juice. We found this perfect apple has fiber, it's got sugar, and our bodies can process it, and it heals us, and it's awesome. But when humans, us, you know, we start to mess with things and we start to strain all the fiber out and push that into a juice, all of a sudden now you're getting nothing but it is still good sugar. It is still fruit sugar, but it's still bad for you. And then you take that the next step and you say, well, you get high fructose corn syrup. Well, that's just bad sugar and there's no fiber and that's just, well, that's going to make you gain weight just like that. So yes, good sugar versus bad sugar. There's no real difference it's all about fiber, all fiber. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Um, this podcast is a little bit longer than the last one, um, but I think it's chock full of information. I would suggest listening to it a few times over to make sure you hear everything and absolutely ask me questions, any questions at all. Um, to you four, I thank you for those questions. And uh, for everyone who's just mentioned that they've... Uh, listen to the podcast i just appreciate it so much it's awesome um i'm not really looking to make money off this but i think it's awesome to to spread what can be life-changing for some people so until next time guys i'll let you go and next time we're talking about fasting <laughs>